You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked On Mets. On today's show, I'm going to pick up the player evaluations with Jarese Familia. The first half of the show, I'll go through some of the numbers of his season and how he really picked it up from a terrible year in 2019. Then later on in the second half of the show, I'll dig a little bit deeper into the advanced metrics and why he still hasn't had that same success as he had earlier in his career and what he can do to be a better pitcher for the Mets in 2021. Before we get to any of that though, I'm your host Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. And it is not a coincidence that I'm talking about Familia today because I wrote a report card article for Metsmerized about Familia that will be published on Friday. And I gave him a C-plus for a season. The reason I did is because if you look at the Mets bullpen, he was essentially the third best arm. You had Edwin Diaz, Justin Wilson, and then Jerry's Familia, just based on ERA, on pitchers who really pitched for a lot of volume throughout the entirety of the season. So that kind of shows you how bad their bullpen was, that his 3.71 ERA kind of stood out as a good season. But when you look at where he came from in 2019, there was clear improvement this year. Results-based business. He went from a 5.70 ERA to a 3.71 ERA. Cut two runs off. That's pretty good. But let's go back to 2019. Because after signing that three-year, $30 million contract and free agency to return to the Mets, he was expected to be the lockdown eighth-inning guy. Maybe even a closer at times. Him and Edwin Diaz were supposed to be the answers to solve the Mets' bullpen problems. And they ended up being the entire crux of the issue for why the Mets missed the playoffs. In that report card that I did in 2019 for Familia, because I happened to do one last year as well, I gave him an F. Here's what I said. While it is hard to pin a team's success or failure on one particular player, Familia and Diaz were the biggest culprits in the Mets missing the playoffs in 2019. And I still believe that wholeheartedly. Had they performed even as well as they did this year, the Mets are at least a wildcard team for sure. They probably wouldn't have caught the Braves, but that's how big of an impact it was to have those two guys in 2019 constantly blowing games. Here were his entire stats in 2019. Familiar pitch in 66 games, only through 60 innings. That tells you as a guy who usually can go more than three outs how he was really struggling and getting knocked out of games early. Had a 5.70 ERA, like I mentioned. Gave up 7 home runs. 42 walks. 63 strikeouts. Here's the big one. His whip was 1.733. 
nearly two batters an inning that he was letting on base. The advanced stats, he had a 71 ERA plus, 100's average, so that was a very below average season. His FIP was 4.88, that's fielding independent pitching, and his war was minus 0.4. Now, I don't have it in front of me whether that was baseball reference or fangrass. I would assume that was baseball reference because fangrass is a little bit tougher on pitchers. When you look at this year, Familia comes in, lost a ton of weight. He lost 30 pounds. Try to get his body, his mechanics in order to perform this season. And as I said, 371 ERA. He pitched in 25 games and threw 26 and two-third innings pitch. That tells you a little bit more success, right? He had more innings than appearances. Then you go to he had five holds, gave up two home runs, 19 walks, which was the big problem, 23 strikeouts. His whip was down, not where it was when he was a dominant reliever, but down from his bad year. This year was 1.463. The advanced stats were somewhat favorable. His ERA plus was 115. Here's the shocking one. His FIP was worse this year than the year prior. 4.92 was his fielding independent pitching this year, as opposed to 2019 where it was 4.88. Baseball reference had his war as 0.5. Fangrass had it as minus 0.1. They go based on the FIP more than the ERA. So that shows you why there was kind of a stark contrast between his war from baseball reference and from Fangrass. Bottom line, he got better results this year, and that's good. But the big problem continues to be the fact that he walks too many batters. And here's the perfect example of a Familia appearance. On August 8th, he comes into a game against the Marlins where the Mets are winning 5-2. And he just cannot throw a strike. Gives up a hit. Walks three batters in the inning. Luckily, he did induce a double play, which somewhat mitigated his own damage. But he had to be pulled from the game, couldn't get out of the inning on his own. Drew Smith came in, gave up one of his inherited runners, but ultimately got a big strikeout to get out of the inning. The Mets, at that point, were lucky to have not completely lost their lead. It was 5-4. to four. They ended up pulling away late. They scored three runs in the bottom of the seventh inning and inning later and ultimately won 8-4. But that was the type of appearance that Familia had. He would go on a run of three or four appearances where maybe he would walk his batter an inning, but he would work around it and be fine. And then there would be the one game where he just did not have it, and it's always the free passes that catch up to him. In August, he walked 10 batters in 11 innings pitch and had a 409 ERA. Then you go to September, he walked... 8 batters and 12 innings pitched, and we see a better ERA. Pitched to a 3.00 ERA in September across those 12 innings. So maybe over the season, he would have rounded into form, but the bottom line is you cannot continue to give the other team free passes. That is the biggest takeaway of his season. You compare it to what happened in 2019, and he made great strides. Because his ERA was better, he wasn't getting pulled from all these games. His whip was really the big sign for me. To go from a 1.7, which is disaster, to 1.4, which isn't great, but is better when you have disgusting stuff like Familia to work around that traffic, 
if he can get his whip back down to a point where it's at 1.2 as opposed to 1.463 with his nasty stuff, maybe he can put some more hitters away and get back to that place where he was that dominant lockdown late inning reliever the Mets need him to be. I'll talk about what he can do to make that happen in just a bit. Built Bar is back. They really are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar coming covered in 100% chocolate. There are 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors. The Caramel Brownie Bar, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and the Apple Almond Crisp. These bars come soft and easy to chew, and they are healthy too. Coming low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. Try Built Bar today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Looking at the advanced metrics for Jerry's Familia's season, there's a clear pattern that has developed. If you go to his exit velocity against, it was 85.9 miles per hour. His barrel percentage was only 4. His hard hit percentage was 30.7% of the time. All of those numbers rank in the 86th percentile or higher among other pitchers in the MLB. So what that tells you, simply put, is batters cannot square up Familia even at this age where he has struggled to produce that sterling ERA and to really get batters out at the same clip as we saw back in 15 and 16. So what's going on here? What is the difference that is making Familia ineffective? Simply put, it is throwing strikes. That is it, in a nutshell. Because he still throws hard. And he generates great movement on his pitches. His sinker had a vertical drop of 5.1 inches this year. His slider was over 4 inches of horizontal movement. These are nasty pitches coming from a guy that throws hard at a six foot three frame. If you ask batters if they are comfortable stepping into the box against Dries Familia with the chance to square him up and hit it out of the ballpark, they're not telling you that they think that they can really turn around Familia's pitches and put good contact on him. But what they are doing is realizing that there's a complete numbers game here, right? It's, It's very simple. Can Familia throw three strikes before four balls? And a lot of times he can't, okay? For the first time in his career, Dries Familia's strikeout percentage dipped below 20%. It was 19.2 this year. That is another problem on top of his high walk rate. He's not putting hitters away the way he used to. That means that when he's trying to strand those walks, he's struggling to get the big strikeout to get out of jams. He's been more successful generating ground ball double plays and getting out of some of his problems than getting the big strikeout at times now. He's not striking out batters at a 27 plus percent clip as he had through all of his good seasons. It was at least 27% on that strikeout percentage. Now, this year, he was at 19.2. Granted, small sample size, 
I think over a full year this year, he had 25 appearances. If he had, you know, 75 appearances over a normal season, maybe that number ticks up a lot. But it is still a little bit alarming. And then you go back to the walk rate, which was at 15% again this year for the second year in a row, where he's walking 15% of the batters he faces. Now, across his career now, his walk percentage is over 11. His best year in 2015, it was at 6.2. So it's very clear the problem here. And the scouting report's out. You know, in 2015, he was still a relatively new pitcher. That was his first year as a closer. And guys simply were swinging through a lot of bad pitches or a lot of balls that were nasty pitches, right? He just has that reputation now of a guy with insane movement, great velocity, where I'm going to take until I get two strikes. And once I get into that two-strike count, I'm going to try to foul stuff off until he throws the balls that are really easy to spit on, and hopefully I'm going to take my base. And if not, I'm going to try to put some wood on the ball and see what happens, and maybe I get a blue pit. And that is what we are seeing now with Familia, and that's why he's struggling. You look at a guy like Erasmo Ramirez. His exit velocity against compared to Familia, way higher, 91.1% or 91.1 miles per hour. Barrel percentage, 7.5% compared to 4. Hard hit percentage, 40% compared to 30.7. Yet he had an ERA of 0.63 on the year. Part of that is good luck and good fortune, obviously, with with, uh, Ramirez. But what are the differences here? He's throwing strikes. His walk percentage, Ramirez, was 7.5 as opposed to 15. So that is half the amount of walks results in a better ERA, throwing strikes. If Familia can do that himself, if he can throw more strikes, he's going to be effective because guys still can't hit him. Even at 31 years old, people cannot hit Jerry's Familia if he can get his pitches over. And obviously, when I say getting him over, hitting the corners, painting, as opposed to you know when he actually has to just throw that 3-1 pitch and he throws one right down the middle and giving them a chance to get hits. Here is the most interesting set of numbers that I found. Looking through Familia's season, I decided, let's look at the pitching splits by catcher. And for this year, Wilson Ramos is a key culprit in a lot of Familia's failure. Okay? It's pretty alarming. His ERA with Wilson Ramos behind the plate was 5.68. That's in 12 and two-third innings pitched. Chirinos caught him for eight innings, 2.25 ERA with Chirinos behind the plate. Ali Sanchez caught him for three innings. He gave up one run in those innings, so his ERA was three. Tomas Nito caught him for three innings. He did not give up a run in any of those innings. You look at the walks, he walked 13 batters in those appearances with Ramos behind the plate. By far the most with any catcher. So the fact that Wilson Ramos could not get the strike. He's just a terrible receiver. I hate to say that. He just was not a good receiver behind the plate. And because of that, because of the amount of movement that Familia pitches with, if he can't catch it and present it as a strike to the umpire, he's not getting anything on the edges. And he is constantly being put in a bad situation or a bad position against these batters. Just the last stat, the OPS against 
is also laughable. With Chirinos behind the plate, OPS against was 583. Nito, 422. Ali Sanchez, 515. With Wilson Ramos behind the plate, the OPS against was 824. And that's because the on-base percentage against was 429 with Ramos behind the dish. I'm telling you right now, if JT Real Muto ends up being the Mets catcher next year, the pitching staff is going to see immense improvement across the board because Wilson Ramos just was at a point in his career where he could not frame, he could not receive. There was balls that he was letting get by him or he wasn't even dropping down. A lot of things will be cleaned up if the Mets get an actual good defensive catcher behind the plate. I almost said a major league catcher, and that kind of did. I'm sorry. It was just bad. I, I, I don't want to crush Wilson Ramos too much here. It's not like he wasn't trying, but it just wasn't working. And for Familia, those are some pretty stark numbers that tell you that he might have had a lot better season if they were simply just making a defensive change in those late innings. And I do wonder why the Mets managers were not doing that the past two years. Too many times, Tomas Nito or Ali Sanchez or I guess eventually Robinson Trinos, who's better than Ramos, even though he's still not a great defensive catcher. But too many times, a better defensive catcher was sitting in the dugout in late inning situations where the games were close and the Mets had a lead. And that is a problem moving forward that I hope will be fixed when you bring in more analytics and get people that tell you the percentages on having the best receiver back there, especially in those tight situations. Regardless, I think going into next year, Jarese Familia is going to be in the Mets bullpen. I don't think they're going to find anyone who's going to take on that $11.67 million left on his contract. And I believe that he can be successful if you put the right catcher behind the plate, if you have the pitching coach work with him, and that's Jeremy Hefner, to throw more strikes, to believe in his pitches a little more, and to trust that when he throws strikes, he's still unhittable. He is still at this point in his career a pitcher that is delivering really nasty pitches. And if he has faith in them, I think you're going to see a familia that might not be the closer, that might not even be the eighth inning guy, but someone who you can count on to get some big outs for you in the upcoming season. That'll be all for this week on Locked on Mets. I hope you all have a great weekend as always. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can also always tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Mets.